Hello, and welcome to Right Brain Rounds with Dr. Karina Muller. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast, and as always, thank you for listening. Welcome to Right Brain Rounds. Today I have Dr. Heather Tauschek with us. She is a board-certified radiologist, and she'll tell us a little bit more about herself, of course, and a visual artist. And I thought it would be interesting to invite her to come and talk to us about how being a visual artist and a radiologist have a lot of overlap. <laughs> so welcome, Dr. Tauschek. Thank you for having me. It's really fun. So tell me a little bit about um, your training and how you got to the point in your life that you are right now as um, a certified um, breast imager in the state of Alaska. Wow. Um, It was kind of a long road. I went into medicine um, originally because I thought I was going to be a medical missionary. And so there, you know, there's a big winding story between that and being a radiologist (laughs) in Anchorage, Mm -hmm. Alaska. Um, But I really tried to stay open to myself and to understanding who I was along the way. And as time evolved, it became clear that I was supposed to be a radiologist. Um, originally, I wanted to do be a neurosurgeon, but when I did my neurosurgery rotations, I realized that they, they were all still in training in their 40s, and every single one of them told me, don't do neurosurgery. <laughs> and I was smart enough at that time in life to actually listen to them. You so I did neurosurgery. <laughs> and then I had these wonderful um, mentors who were geriatricians. And so I actually did, I, was, I went to medical school in New York City, and they had this really cool house call program where once a week, for my first year of medical school, I would climb in a cab with these two physicians and we'd go to people's houses all across New York, uh, New York City. And so, amazing. yeah, it was really, it was really interesting. And they, my two mentors were just the most amazing, kind-hearted, gentle people. And so I thought, well, maybe I should be a geriatrician. And so I was planning all the way through my third year um, through applications for residency to go into internal medicine. But being type A that I am, as soon as the time came for the, you know, statement, personal statements to come out, um, I was writing them and I was trying to, again, to be very honest. And because I think the best writing is always honest writing. And I kept writing, I love internal medicine because, and I couldn't fill in the blank. <laughs> I just wow. could not fill it in. And so I, I started to panic a little bit because I've always been you know, pretty organized with my career and things that I wanted to do. And I just, all of a sudden I was in my third year applying for residency and I had no clue what I wanted to do at medicine. So I had this friend who's a pediatrician and she and I had been anatomy partners way back in the day. And she said, you know, you were always really good with 3D spatial thinking because she could never, because we did x-rays and stuff as part of our anatomy training and she just couldn't get it. Like her brain didn't work that way and mine always did. And her um, boyfriend at the time was actually a resident up at Mount Sinai in New York City. And she said, why don't you go up with him and just spend the day? So randomly, he took me up to the radiology department and toured me through all the different modalities. And I realized what a visual um career it is and you know i am highly visually dominant and so it just started to click and so i said okay i'm going to write a personal statement about radiology and see if i can write it and so if i can fill in that blank i want to be a radiologist because and i sat down and i got it finished start to finish 45 minutes one edit later and that that was going to be a radiologist so it was kind of a funny long story but um i'm really glad that that happened and it happened the way that it did so that's how i ended up here and what is your training in the visual arts? Tell, tell us a little bit about that. So um, being a type A, like most 
you know, medical type people are. Exactly. I went into undergrad, yeah, <laughs> I went into undergrad knowing that I wanted to be pre-med and I wanted to, I had a goal of getting into medical school. So I jumped right in with, you know, all the biochemistry and biology and, chem, you know, organic chemistry and physics and all that kind of stuff. Um, but my freshman uh, roommate, my college roommate, my freshman year was an art major. And she and I are still very close friends today. And she said, you know, you are just too serious. She said, slow down a little bit, have a little bit of fun. She said, I think you would really like to take some art class or you'd enjoy taking art classes. And so again, cause I've always been kind of open to when people suggest stuff like that, I thought, well, I'll take one. And I had such an amazing time in that class that it ended up um, being my minor. So I majored in biochemistry and I minored in art and then took a lot of writing course cause classes along the way. So Jessica completely, you know, helped me reroute my life. I was still able to do all the medical stuff, but she really encouraged me to add this visual element that has just been so rewarding and so enriching. So, and along the way, I figured out that I function best when I'm continuing to use that creative right brain along the way. I'm just happier. And when you did take some of those art classes in college, um, what kind of creations did you make? So mostly what I did was painting. I did have to do some, well, you know, the, the art courses were a lot of color theory and design theory and ways to use shapes and space. And then I had some printmaking classes. I did a fair number of painting classes. So I paint in oils and primarily watercolor. Um, lately, I've kind of started doing some boutique and stuff, but um, they were foundational art courses that really just gave me enough confidence to say, hey, I, I, I'm an artist. You know, when I went into undergrad, I didn't, identify as an artist. And it was really as by part of doing that undergrad minor degree. And then actually through medical school, I continued to take some art classes along the way um, and had a show in Manhattan my senior year, my last year of, of medical school. And those really gave me the confidence to identify as an artist in addition to being a physician. Do you feel like your upbringing also helped you in um, exploring oh, that? Yeah, well, you've met my mom, right? Your mom is a glass <laughs> yeah. And I think um, our whole family is just artsy. You know, I, I think growing up with a mom who makes incredible art out of really funky stuff, <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. I mean, she's always doing this assemblage-like art. You know, she gets glass and then she cuts it up and then she reassembles it. And, you know, and she's always been creative like that. And she painted in watercolor and she always had art projects for us as kids. And so I think it really just became part, I, I'm the oldest of three girls. It really just became a part of, my identity and I think our family's identity because my sister is actually a um, commercial interior designer and then my other sister is a teacher but she's also incredibly creative so I think it was part of the fabric of our family and continues to be I mean my daughter right she's 14 and her her uh, medium of choice is uh, recycled cardboard and duct tape right she makes these crazy creations and it's it's funny um, but you know she just kind of falls along that same sort of thinking where she just gets an idea and says hey I can do it I will do it and then does it so Yes, inspirational people to follow. Yeah. <laughs> I should give um, some of the listeners a little bit of a background of how um, Heather and I met each other. Um, we met when I was a senior in high school and she was a junior in high school in the Anchorage Youth Symphony. We were both flute players in the symphony. And, you know, I just think it's so awesome to look back on how we grew up here in Alaska and where our paths took us in our lives and how we both became physicians and now are in the same community. And, Again. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. And, and really using kind of art and creativity to 
help us, you know, as far as, well, you know, for me, I, I, I do a lot with music and that actually brought us back together again. Yeah. Yeah. That, so that, I mean, that just, um, for people listening, um, I recently went back to school at Berkeley College of Music um, online. Nice. They have an online program and Karina was a huge part of that. So um, yeah, because, you know, we we're flute players together and you are part of a, a flute quartet and you were looking for a piano player and you knew that I played piano. And so we ended up reconnecting that way and so I played with you guys and uh, it was just so inspiring for me to get back into music and I had always wanted to study it and wasn't able to because I was doing art and biochemistry I just didn't have bandwidth for anything else so um, I think you were really pivotal in getting my interest back uh, into the realm of music and so that's one of the things I'm working on now. And I just think that's really ambitious you know especially being the medical director of a radiology department and you know all of the things that you currently do in addition to you know, pursuing another um, degree in music. So tell us. Well, it take me 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I'm only 43. <laughs> and when uh, sometimes I can see some of your posts on Facebook because we're friends there. And I see that you're working through doing some compositions and learning new ways to write music and mm -hmm. tell us how that has been for you as, you know, a full-time radiologist and then also now pursuing a music degree. Well, it's funny because I'm starting out right at freshman level, right? So it's like uh -huh. I'm an 18 year old going back to college. So you know, having gone through medical school, on one hand, the classes are somewhat ridiculously easy because they're, you know, freshman level courses. Um, mm -hmm. But on the other hand, they're stretching a part of my brain that I haven't used really in a long time. So, mm -hmm. and then there's, there's actually a lot of music technology that I haven't kept up with. And that's been a little bit daunting. But uh, it's kind of funny. That's where my work as a radiologist reminds me that I can do this because I have to learn so much new software at work, right? To stay technically adept and on the cutting edge, we have to learn new technologies and new software and all sorts of new things all the time. And so that reminds me when I'm feeling stymied with my music stuff that I can do this. I just have to stop, take a breath and then keep moving forward. And that's really what medicine is all about is lifelong learning. I mean, we're just always doing CME, we're going to courses, learning new things. And I know in the field of radiology, there's something new all of the time, all the Always. technology that you guys use and um, that your practice brings to our state, which, you know, some people might think that Alaska is pretty remote and doesn't have anything that's newer in technology, but, um, you know, definitely your practice has proved that wrong. Well, thank you. That's something we try really hard to um, be at the forefront of, of a thoughtful application of new technology that's meaningful to our community, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I, I really am proud of you in the way that you serve the women of Alaska, as well as, you know, one of the board certified um, breast imaging specialists in the state. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the technical things that you do in your position? Sure. You know, um, so I, I am a general radiologist and do probably about 60% general imaging. And then I have fellowship training in breast imaging. So I did extra training just for breast cancer diagnosis um, and uh, detection screening. Um, it's, it's kind of an interesting part of radiology because more so than other parts of radiology, I have a lot of patient contact, you know, mm -hmm. I, I, and a lot of, um, 
high anxiety patient contact because I always tell people, you know, the stats are one out of eight women will get breast cancer over their lifetime. And we all know somebody who has had it. I mean, actually, we remember we were talking about the flutist who was with us in the youth symphony who passed away in her thirties from breast cancer. Right. Yeah. I mean, yes, exactly. um, you know, and I, I think my grandmother passed away from breast cancer. So it's very high anxiety for women when they actually have a lump and that sort of thing. So mm -hmm. it's a pretty emotionally charged environment, but at the same time, I really, I, I really love that one-on-one -on -one patient interaction that I don't necessarily get in a lot of other parts of radiology. So that was what attracted me to it. Um, but you asked specifically about technology. Um, we've been doing a lot of uh, three-dimensional or tomosynthesis imaging, which is um, rather than just a standard uh, two-view mammogram, um, you get multiple slices through the breast tissue, just like a, a CAT scan. Mm -hmm. um, there are some interesting things on the horizon, uh, like contrast-enhanced mammography. Um, we've been doing a lot with uh, identification of women who are higher risk than average, um, because that's one thing that historically we haven't done a really good job of in our community is identifying women who are high risk early enough so that they really do benefit from supplemental screening or extra screening modalities. So that's been one of our big uh, focus, uh, big pushes in the community. Um, we actually hired some uh, wonderful, wonderful breast uh, navigational nurse practitioners in our, in our group um, to mm -hmm. Uh, really work with patients and talk about the risk and risks and benefits of supplemental screening or additional screening and you know I, how you kind of navigate those waters um, as a patient so we it's been really uh, a neat area where our practice has grown in the last couple of years and to know that there's someone so compassionate and knowledgeable behind every imaging you know procedure that happens there it, I think is really comforting. I mean, if I knew that I had to go in and, and have, you know, an extra evaluation, it, it would be so comforting for me to know that you were behind all of that. Um, and I think that any patient that you have interactions with would feel the same way. And, you know, being able to talk with them, help with, you know, biopsies, you know, do those types of procedures, I think it would just be a real comforting um, encounter, or at least your practice works to help women in those high anxiety, anxiety situations to feel better about everything that's going on. Well, that's, I mean, that's the art of medicine too, right? To kind of circle back to a similar terminology. It's not just technology, it's application of technology in a compassionate and very thoughtful manner. Um, and that's something we've been very, very dedicated to. I mean, I, I was able to follow in the footsteps of Denise Farley, who I don't know if she probably retired before you came back um, to Anchorage, but uh, she is an amazing trailblazer. And she just had this incredible vision for um, a, a practice that was at the forefront of technology here in Alaska. And she built that and I have, and, and then trained me, kind of raised me up in it before she retired. And so she really, um, talking about mentors, right? I mean, I really feel like she was an incredible mentor to me and to help share that guidance and how to keep on the edge of technology and continue uh, pushing for betterment of your practice and improving the services that you provide. And so that's something that we, I've really tried to do over the past um, five or six years. So, mm -hmm. And it's very important to have mentors in a medical career too that you can emulate and people who can show you the way um, I mean, I feel like I've had many mentors over the course of my training. Um, <clears throat> and one of them really emphasized that, you know, every five years, just kind of take a look at your career and say, all right, 
what can I do or even your life and you know what what can I do to make things a little bit interesting for myself where do I feel like I need to improve on my strengths what are my weaknesses how can I pursue something that maybe I've always wanted to do um, and you know kind of looking at you with you know, your new pursuits pursuit of music mm -hmm. me really excited for you and um, you know, well, it's funny that five year because I, I have I, I guess a lot of us kind of experience life in these four to five year chunks and maybe it's a little bit of a holdover from our academic experience you know it's like four or five years and then things change and you move and you, you know you move on to something different and I remember so I've been back in Anchorage for 10 years now and right around five years I was like well this is weird I feel like I need a change <laughs> you know like just mentally it felt like you know and I remember saying or having attendings say to me in uh, residency, like, you don't really feel grown up as a clinician, as an attending physician out of residency until about the five-year mark. And I think mm -hmm. that was really accurate. It wasn't until five years in that I really felt like I had a handle on, you know, what I knew and what, where, what my role was and confidence in my skill set. You know, and I think many of us it have kind of a similar trajectory. Um, so five years ago, um, my mom moved to Wimpest and we bought a new house. So that was my project. <laughs> and then I got a big garden built. And then, you know, we're, now we are like five years later and my daughter is 14 and she's kind of pretty self-sufficient doesn't need quite as much um you know as parenting maybe in the same way to the same level of you know physical demands and so and then watching her she's an incredible musician and that actually really inspired me because I mean, she's gonna out surpass me here within a year or two if i don't work on it so it's she's actually been a huge inspiration for me in this whole music program or project so and it's it's really fun we're taking guitar together and we have a really healthy competition because her fingers she's younger they're just more nimble than mine but i still have an edge on her with music theory you know so it's, you have it's some flute playing fingers <laughs> well, I do but I mean just like learning a new instrument with a 14 year old and I'm 43 exactly. like you know and her hands are larger than mine so she's just like up and down the forehead <laughs> but, it was fun. but you're right you know that five-year thing I think it's definitely a real phenomenon so who knows where I'll be in five years hopefully I'll finish the degree and I can move something move on to something else we'll see and that would be amazing to see what you are able to do with that degree. I mean, the new knowledge that you have with, you know, producing and, you know, playing music and um, composing. So I, I would love to hear something soon. Yeah, I really, I am, you know, I don't really have any expectations about this, except that I know that there are just these huge gaps in my musical knowledge. And for me to get to a point where I'm more comfortable composing, I have basic theory things that I have to address and, you know, um, so I don't know where it's going to take me, but one thing I have learned along my life, uh, the course of my life is just keep, kind of keep your ear open for those little ideas. And some of the most rewarding things in my life, like studying art, have been just, you know, when somebody mentions something or when you asked me if I wanted to play piano accompaniment for you guys, right? Like mm -hmm. you, you end up in these funny little, I don't know, bunny trails that can actually turn into something pretty amazing and a lot of fun. Exactly. And, you know, as far as your art background, what, what do you think is most similar to when you compare art to radiology? Do, do you see any similarities there? Well, I've been thinking about this with art and radiology and music, you know, as I've been going through kind of the technical aspects of music. Um, with radiology and with art and with music, they all have a very detailed, um, in-depth, complex technological background, you know, just certain rules that you have to learn. And it's, it's like 
my first year of med- our first year of medical school, right? I hated it. It was so boring. But you had to learn this whole, it was, I tell people it was like taking an old phone book and having to memorize it. They hand it to you and say, look, you just have to memorize this. And that part was miserable, right? The technical acquisition of knowledge. But when you get through that and then you actually have those technical skills, then you can actually do something really neat with it. That's when the art of medicine kicks in. It's when, you know, I can get an idea for a totally new technique that I've never done before in painting and then make it happen. Um, And that's where I'm hoping I'll get with with music. You know, I'm hoping that on the other end of four years or five or six years, however long it takes me, of technical knowledge acquisition, that I will be able to then create artistry with it, if that makes sense. It totally makes sense. I, I... I remember I, I do have an undergrad degree in music mm-hmm. and I had to learn how to play the piano um, in like the last semester of my last year because I kind of decided to do it um, towards the end of my five years in undergrad <laughs> and um, I had to learn how to do composition and um, transposition and then we had to play these Bach, these four-part Bach chorales and for someone who had never you know, played the piano or been trained in it before, mm-hmm. all of a sudden then realized, oh, this is what all this is based on, you know, these chords, these complex chords, and you have to think with your brain and have two hands on the piano. And you know, I was a flute player. And so <laughs> you're building on so much and, and you're so right, you know, just throughout medical school, it's like a pyramid, you know, mm-hmm. you have to have all this foundation to get to the top, to the pinnacle, to where you can say, wow, you know, I, I'm looking at this image here and I think this is what's going on, but it's built on so many years of, you know, knowledge acquisition and underlying disease processes and, you know, what they look like. I mean, and that's part of the fun of radiology is it's um, a lot of it is still gestalt based, you know, and mm-hmm. that will change, I think, over time. But right now it still very much is you know, you look at something and you see it and you just, it's, you know, it, they, they talk about ant minis and radiology. Like you can't describe it, but you know it, you know her when you see it, you know, <laughs> that's, and you have to develop that after, you know, looking at stuff for tens of years. So I remember when I first started radiology and, you know, an attending would walk in and be like, oh, that's that. And then they would wander off and I'm like, how do they do that? I can't even tell where the adrenal glands are. Right. And now I can do that. Right. <laughs> you know, you look at it and you pull up a study and you're like, oh, this is going on. So it's, it's an interesting transformation over the years. And I think that that is what's giving me some courage with the music too. I mean, I'm taking this uh, basic ear training, right? Like ear training 101. Um, and it's funny because we have to sing a lot. We, and I, I, you know, I, I did choir, but I'm not, I don't have a beautiful singing voice, right? I can, I can maintain a pitch. I was a flute player, right? I, I know I can maintain pitch, but um, it's just been really humbling, you know, and my daughter's laughing at me and my husband's laughing at me and they give us, you know, things like the mash theme I had to sing in Solfajate last week. Right? And it's so funny because you, like now everything is video. So you actually video yourself and then submit it and then everybody in the class has to do it and all the assignments are posted. Oh my gosh, Karina, I was laughing so hard yesterday because some of them are so bad. Oh, and I'm no. like, if they can do this, I can do this. Right. I, was, I was just dying last night looking at everybody else's assignments. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it makes it, you know, I guess it's a humbling exercise for all of us, right? So it is kind of fun that they, you know, even though it's daunting that they make you post these video assignments of yourself singing and, you know, it, it it makes me realize that everybody else has to do it too. And so I can, I can sing Soulful J to the match theme as well as, well as anybody else. <laughs> 
you know, back, back in the good old days, I should say, um, when I was in college, I had to take ear training as well. And we did have to sing in front of the other class members. So I can't even imagine recording it and posting it. And then, Oh, it was funny. There was this, and at the end of these ongoing classes are such an odd mix of people too. Like, I mean, you know, they're 18 year olds who are going to college and then there actually been a fair number of physicians that are mid career, midlife, like me, you know, going back and, and it's just funny to, and, and, you know, it's like zoom, you're in people's bedroom with like all of their shoes behind them. (laughs) It's just all of their color coded books behind them. Dr. Tauschek has color coordinated bookshelves. It's it's actually pretty awesome. So we'll have to I've show a picture. Number, I've seen a number of Instagram memes mocking people like me, but I'm visually dominant <laughs> and I like the visual symmetry of having a color group. And I actually have them coded in my brain by color. So I'm like, okay, where's that gardening book? I think it has a purple binding. <laughs> you have to know where to go to get your books. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Is there any advice that you would give to younger physicians about just their careers in general or things that you wish that you would have known when you were first coming out of residency or fellowship? I think, I mean, along the the lines of what we've been talking about, um, some of the best and most amazing and fulfilling things of my life have happened when I was willing to take a detour or to try something new or to be open enough to listen to somebody and say, hey, you're taking yourself too seriously. Why don't you take an art class? You know, and um, not putting up barriers to those things. I mean, I, th- I think most of us in medicine are type A. We're very driven. We've had to be very goal oriented for our, our entire life. You know, I was, I wanted to be a medical missionary and I, you know, it was actually very hard for me emotionally and intellectually to kind of deviate from that along the way. But at the same time, I deviated from that original plan because I was very honest with myself about what brought me joy, what parts of medicine I really liked. I mean, I tried to fill in the blank. I love internal medicine because, and I couldn't, right? But I was able to fill in the blank. I love radiology because, and it's led to an incredibly fulfilling career. So I think, you know, don't put yourself in a box because you think that that's where you have to be. Um, you know, I, I guess I'm just very grateful that I've taken all these little detours along the way. And I'm still a physician and I love being a radiologist. It's an amazing career, but I still need all of this other right brain stuff to really make me happy. Mm-hmm. So, and we actually, we didn't, that was something I did want to mention. Um, I didn't really talk about medical school, but, you know, so I did this undergrad um, uh, minor in art. And then when I got to medical school, I was like, okay, I have to just study. You know, I need to be serious. I'm paying an awful lot of money for this. I need to make it worthwhile. Um, so I studied, studied, studied. All I did was study for this first six months and I was miserable and I wasn't performing academically the way that I always had in my life before. And I just, I was not happy. Um, and I thought, well, you know what, why don't I just take some art classes? And so I started taking classes at the Y in New York City. And then there's actually this amazing place called the Art Students League. And so I started taking a class a semester at the Art Students League. And I would get on the, you know, the bus with my portfolio and I would go paint with in this random motley assortment of people from New York. And the bizarre thing was that I ended up studying way less. I was way happier and my grades skyrocketed. And so that um, was a really strong lesson to me of the value of creativity and the right and being in my right brain. 
that really stuck with me because there was such a drastic difference. I mean, I had been most so miserable studying all the time. And I went from that to really having fun, something to look forward, something that was outside medicine. Um, I studied less and my grades were way better. And so it was a really good life lesson for me about overall balance. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, just with um, physician coaching in general, um, trying to encourage people to look at what might enrich their lives in ways that, you know, aren't just related to medicine, but, you know, maybe trying to find a new hobby or, um, you know, delving into art or exercise, hiking, traveling, biking, you know, just different things that take your mind off of the stressors of medicine in, in different ways and creative ways that, um, you know, I really believe that fostering that in other, you know, physicians is something that I like to encourage. And it's really amazing to hear that your grades all of a sudden went up, you know? Yeah, it was really bizarre. It was like a yeah. very tangible difference. So, um, yeah, and even now, like if I start getting too stressed out, my husband or my daughter, they're like, go for a run, go make some art, go play in the garden. <laughs> you know, like, they're like, just get yourself disconnected from the stressors and, and just kind of recoup. So, and if you recognize too what those things are that can help you de-stress, you know, like for me, I, I love playing my flute. Um, you know, I, I've found a lot of time too recently for journaling. That really helps me, you know, to kind of think about the things that I'm thankful for in my life, and um, you know, also kind of pursuing different business ventures and being creative in that. I think um, that's something that I never thought that I would ever do. And I really enjoy doing those types of right brain activities too. So totally understand. Yeah. It keeps us happy and sane, right? Exactly. So thank you so much. Um, I really appreciate that you were able to come in today and um, talk with us about your career, about the ways that you um, release from medicine and um, your successful career and your advice to younger physicians. Thank you for having me. It's been fun. And that wraps up another episode of the Right Brain Rounds podcast with Dr. Karina Muller. If you would like more resources and information about Dr. Karina Muller, please visit ladydocs.com.